You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back, Buffalo Bills fans. It's Matt Warren, editor-in-chief at buffalorumblings.com and host of Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. This week, we've got questions about the offense, Zach Moss, um, 1,000-yard receivers, all that good stuff. As always, you can leave your questions for next week's episode by calling us at 716-508-0405. You can also text that number. You can leave us an email, buffalorumblings at sbnation.com. Send us tweets, rumblings Q&A over on Twitter. Leave comments in the comment section at buffalorumblings.com. There's lots of ways to get in touch with the show, and we would love to have your question on a following episode of Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. Let's get to your questions. Before we get going here, uh, a few bits of housekeeping information for the podcast. Next week is going to be our yearly Ask Me Anything podcast where you can ask me anything about any topic other than the Buffalo Bills. So get your questions in for that right now. You can call 716-508-0405 or tweet us at rumblingsqna. Any way you normally get in touch with the show, you can still get in touch with the show for the Ask Me Anything episode, but it's going to be covering topics that are anything that's not related to the Buffalo Bills. So all of that stuff is fair game. Make sure you get your questions in for that for next week, and we'll be posting something about that over on buffalorumblings.com in the next few days. The week after that, it's also going to be a special episode to kick off the month of July and hopefully start getting back to Buffalo Bills training camp. We're going to do a Facebook Live where I record live on Facebook answering live fan questions there. So that's going to be to start July. That's going to be on Monday night, July 6th. So you can get those questions in as well that night um, by joining us Monday, July 6th at 9 o'clock at night for our Facebook Live version of the Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. So that's just the housekeeping we had to take care of uh, to announce the two special episodes that are happening over the next two weeks as we move into the month of July. Let's get to your questions over on Instagram. Donald Duffy asks us, will there be multiple thousand-yard players on the Buffalo Bills for the 2020 season. Looking backward, the closest person they had to 1,000 rushing yards in 2019 was Devin Singletary at 775 rushing yards. John Brown went over 1,000 yards receiving at 1,060. Um, I don't think that he's going to replicate that as the number two receiver with Stephon Diggs. Uh, so if we say that Stephon Diggs is going to be a thousand yard receiver, which I think is probably, you know, a likely outcome, he, I'm, he might not be. It depends on how they decide to spread out the ball. But Josh Allen's going to feed Stephon Diggs 
to try and keep him happy and, and going there. So I think it's a pretty safe assumption that Stefan Diggs is going to get 1,000 yards receiving in 2020. So if we're looking for multiple players, we need to find another person to get 1,000 yards, and that's likely going to be Singletary. Now, Singletary had uh, 775 rushing yards and then added 200 yards receiving. So that puts him really close. It puts him just under 1,000 yards combined. If you're talking about combined yards, I think the Bills definitely have a chance for Devin Singletary to reach that milestone. Um, he wasn't used very much in the beginning of the season as he was acclimating to the NFL. And then he sat out a couple games with his injury and uh, week 17. So if the Bills are playing a full 16-game schedule, I can see Devin Singletary getting enough playing time and enough snaps to break 1,000 yards combined for sure. Um, he was at 64.6 yards per game rushing. If he plays in 16 full games, that puts him over 1,000 yards just rushing alone. So we wouldn't have to play the game of um, combined rushing and receiving yards. So I think it's you know, uh, probably pretty likely that the Bills are going to have, if not two guys that top 1,000 yards, they'll have two guys that are flirting with 1,000 yards. And um, so I think, it's, I think it's pretty likely that that actually happens. Uh, we have to see still how much of a role uh, Zach Moss is going to play in the offense, how often he's going to get the ball. Was Devin Singletary getting so many carries a result of what they wanted to do or a result of Frank Gore not being very good down the stretch? And they just fed Singletary instead. But if uh, if Singletary plays 16 games and Stefan Diggs plays 16 games, I think there's a pretty good chance that both could top 1,000 yards. Thanks for your question over on Instagram. Duffy also asked that question over on our Twitter page, at RumlingsQ&A. Make sure you give us a follow there as well. We're going to go back to Instagram. Our handle over there is Buffalo Rumlings, one word. Amir K22 asks us, will John Brown and Cole Beasley together have more receiving yards than Stefan Diggs? I would have to think so. It's a good question. Um, even if, like we just posited, if Stefan Diggs tops 1,000 yards, looking at the Bills' offense last year, John Brown had 1,000 yards and Cole Beasley had 778. So the number two wide receiver still had 67 receptions. And so even if Cole Beasley drops just a little bit and goes down to 700 and John Brown drops considerably and goes down to 500, that's still probably going to be more than Diggs. Um, and that's just as a result of the offense and spreading it around. So I do think that if you add John Brown and Cole Beasley's totals together, it's going to be higher than uh, Stefan Diggs in 2020. Let's go and look at the uh, Minnesota Vikings last year just to see what happened over there. And now, once we look at their offensive output, it's a little bit easier to see why this is actually a question. Stephon Diggs had 1,130 receiving yards in 2019. If you look at their other wide receivers, Delvin Cook had 519 and Adam Thielen had 418. If you add those together, it's less than 1,000. So their second and third wide receivers did not outpace their number one receiver in Stephon Diggs. But if you look a little bit closer, you can see that Dalvin Cook only played in 14 games and was a running back. Adam Thielen um, only had 10 games. So uh, you have to look really far down the list to find their number three wide receiver. Um, uh, you can count Kyle Rudolph. He played 16 games, 
but he only caught 40 passes for 367 yards. So if you add Thielen and Rudolph together, it's you know under 900 yards. So they just didn't have the horses in the barn that the Bills do at the wide receiver position, at least not every game. So I do think that Cole Beasley and John Brown are probably going to outpace Stephon Diggs together um, just because I think they're going to spread the ball out more um, than maybe other teams are thinking with Stephon Diggs, especially they they aren't going to be able to build a ton of chemistry in training camp. So uh, Josh Allen is going to be able to look to John Brown, look to Cole Beasley. And I think that a lot of the production is going to come from those three guys um, where we saw a lot of it from say Isaiah McKenzie last year on those little shuffle passes forward or finding um, Duke Williams or or Robert Foster or somebody like that. The bills aren't going to be looking for those guys. I think Gabe Davis and Isaiah Hodgins are going to be on the sideline or on special teams more. So I, it's a really interesting question, and uh, it's one we should definitely circle back to before the end of the season. Thanks for finding us over on Instagram at Buffalo Rumlings. Heading over to the comments section at buffalorumlings.com, Glitch99 asks us, Last week, you mentioned that Lorenzo Alexander has been in some meetings this offseason. What are the rules for non-roster participation, both normally and with these virtual activities? Are there formal limits for some things that only include the 90-man roster, or is it completely up to the players and the teams to restrict access and decide to or not to participate? Well, it's a great question, Glitch. Thanks for asking it. Uh, The Bills, for whatever reason, are one of the only of a few teams that have this kind of alumni support, whether it's Kyle Williams coming back and participating during training camp and every once in a while during uh, the season whether it's Eric Wood uh, being in the facility and and going through all of that stuff. Uh, There aren't rules specifically in place about who can and can't be in meetings, especially when they're not paid. Um, If Lorenzo Alexander was under contract as an NFL player, there would be a lot more restrictions, but he's not under contract. He's not under contract with an NFL team right now that I know of um, as a player or coach or anything else. So uh, because of that, I don't think that there are a ton of limits on what he can and can't do. I mean, obviously he's not being paid to be in those meetings, so he's doing it on a volunteer basis as well. So that, of course, removes some restrictions too because you know there's not the oversight um, in, in those kinds of areas. So um, I think because it's all volunteer that he can do whatever he wants. And, and frankly, Lorenzo Alexander would know better than most people on the team. He is one of the higher ups in the NFL player association. He knows what his rights are as an NFL player and a former NFL player, a retired NFL player. So I don't think he's doing anything that would put the team or himself in jeopardy. So it's a very interesting question because we see it so often with the Buffalo Bills that they have former players hanging out and working with their with their players or maybe going through film with their players. But I think that's more a sign of, you know, how close knit this group can tend to be as opposed to something that the NFL would look into. Thanks for your question over in the Buffalo comments section glitch ninety nine. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. 
Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Back to Instagram where John Shoneman asks us, will Josh Allen have 4,000 passing yards this year? Boy, I would really doubt it. Josh Allen barely broke 3,000 passing yards in 2019. He had 3,089 passing yards. He started all 16 games, even though he didn't play a ton in that Week 17 game. He still started 16 games and only got to 3,000 passing yards. His yards per game was at 193.1 yards per game. In order to get to 4,000, he'd have to bump that up to 250 yards passing per game. That's an increase of, yeah, just under 60 yards per game, 57 yards per game more than he was in 2019. He only has four career games where he's passed for 250 yards or more, and I just don't see that as something that's sustainable for him. Um, All four of those games were in 2019. None of them were in 2018. So, like, I mean, you can at least see him maybe passing 250 yards, but... I just, he hasn't even passed for more than 266 yards in a game in his NFL career. So, in order for him to get to 4,000, he's going to need a game with 350, 400, maybe 400 passing yards to even out some of the lower games when he doesn't pass for 250 yards. So, to say that he's going to take his best four throwing performances in terms of yards and, and do that over the course of an entire season, I think, is a little bit of a stretch. He hasn't shown that ability. He hasn't, the Bills haven't shown the the willingness to have him do that, frankly. So I don't know if Josh Allen's going to throw for 4,000 yards in 2020, but I'd highly doubt it. And I'd put money against it. I don't know if he's ever going to throw for 4,000 yards passing. I just don't know if that's his game, if that's his style, if that's the style the Buffalo Bills want to use to win, um, to have him just chucking it all over the field. Let's look at the rest of the league too. Only 11 quarterbacks passed for more than 4,000 yards in 2019, starting with Jameis Winston, who was the only one to top 5,000 yards. Then you had Dak Prescott, Jared Goff, Philip Rivers, Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, Derek Carr, Carson Wentz, Patrick Mahomes, and Aaron Rodgers squeaked in at 4,002 yards. So only 11 quarterbacks did that. So that's a pretty high barometer in terms of passing. All the way down the list. We had Josh Allen with 3,089. He was 23rd in the NFL in passing yardage. The MVP, Lamar Jackson, was just in front of him at 31.27. So I don't think that 
4,000 passing yards is like this grand barometer for Josh Allen, he would have to do something a lot. He would have to do something out of character in 2020 to surpass that. And if he's throwing that much in 2020, I don't think the Bills are winning very many games. They want to run through their uh, running back room. They want to do the short yardage and score points. Um, Plus, if you're talking about the defense that the Bills have, uh, the, the Bills' defense is going to be hopefully solid enough where the Bills aren't chucking it all over the field to try and catch up later in games or keep up with the opponent's offense. So I don't know if 4,000 yards is necessarily something we want from Josh Allen, and I certainly don't think it's something he's going to attain in 2020 and maybe ever. So thanks for the question over on Instagram at Buffalo Rumblings. Bill's News Consolidated on Instagram asks us, will Zach Moss need time adjusting to the NFL? The answer is, of course he will. He's going to have to figure out what he can and can't do at the NFL level that he was able to do at the college level, so that's part of it. He's going to have to figure out how to protect his body because it's a lot different to be running for Utah versus the Buffalo Bills and playing against, you know, the biggest, baddest human beings on the planet who are trying to rip your head off when you're running the football. So it's going to be different for him physically and mentally, of course. Um, Obviously, that doesn't even take into account the entire coronavirus situation that's happening in the virtual offseason and how it's going to be different for, you know, everybody uh, and adjusting to whatever the new normal is. But let's Let's go back in time, because uh, the past is always our best indicator of the future. It's not the only indicator, but it's you know the only, it's one of the best indicators. And let's see what they did with uh, Devin Singletary. To start his career, they played him in 68% of the snaps in the season opener. He was injured in week two, didn't come back until game six. And so we let's throw those two out because they were, you know, he was out and then easing back in. But then after that, he was in 64% of the snaps week seven, 66%, 68%, 70%. And then as the season wore on, he was up into the 80s and even not 96% in week 15 against the New England Patriots. So they started him out slow and acclimated him later in, you know, about two thirds of the snaps and then brought him in later in three quarters of the snaps or even higher. So they brought him along early on when they trusted Frank Gore and they didn't necessarily trust Devin Singletary. Um, Maybe it was trust. Maybe it was getting him acclimated. Either way, you can see the Bills doing the same thing with Zach Moss, keeping him, you know, low at the beginning and then working his way into the rotation. Of course, injuries like they did with Singletary can affect that. But, you know, with with Zach Moss and Devin Singletary both being able to shoulder the load, I think you might see a more even split, but still um, a little bit more leaning towards Singletary, especially early on in the season. Thanks for your question over on Instagram. Prella Art 2 asks us, did the Bills ever go after Hopkins? It seems we gave more for Diggs. DeAndre Hopkins did not get very much in return for the Houston Texans, whereas Stephon Diggs did for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I, I understand when you look at the, the two trades and they happen very closely together. If you think that the Bills got fleeced on that, I don't. I actually think that the Texans were the ones that got fleeced on that conversation. And most people agree with that. 
Um, according to Brandon Bean, he didn't. They didn't really have very many conversations about DeAndre Hopkins, and it's likely that that had to do with the Texans not wanting to trade him to a contender in the AFC. So, the Texans may not have even called the Buffalo Bills for a possible trade for DeAndre Hopkins. So, um, I, I think I'm definitely giving. Brandon Bean a pass on that particular conversation. Uh, the Bills were able to go out and get a number one receiver, and it cost them a first-round pick and some change. So I'm okay with what the Bills gave up for that. If you look at what the Cowboys gave up for Amari Cooper, if you look at some of the other wide receiver trades out there that have involved first-round picks, I think it was perfectly acceptable what the Bills gave up to get Stephon Diggs and what the Cardinals gave up to get DeAndre Hopkins was kind of laughable, um, and I'm sure that they're super happy about it over in the Cardinals organization. But uh, yeah, the general consensus was that the Texans did not get the best value for Hopkins, and that may just be because they didn't want to trade him to an AFC contender like the Buffalo Bills. Thanks for your question over on Instagram. I wanted to bring your attention to a couple things that are going on over at buffalorumlings.com. We've shifted over to the all-decade team of the 2010s, and we're on to the defense now. Last week, I went through my offensive picks here on the podcast, but we're on to the defense now, and all of our fans are picking those every weekday. We've got the plays that defined the 2019 Buffalo Bills. That's going to wrap up next week as well with the wild card game against the Houston Texans. So we're going to finish that off next week. Um, We've got 91 players in 91 days where we're taking a look at each player on the Buffalo Bills roster every single day of the week uh, leading up to training camp. Of course, we're sharing our news and notes from press conferences and uh, stats from around the league. We've also got the um, what I've been working on for the last month or so is the uh, best bang for the dollar bills. So the best salary cap values on the bills in 2019. Number one on that list was Matt Milano. If you want to go check that list out, it's over right on the homepage. It's, um, there's actually a story stream tagged right above the Buffalo Bills fan shop on the Buffalo Rumblings homepage if you want to go check that out. And now we're starting our look at the worst salary cap values on the Buffalo Bills in 2019. So that's what's up next for me on the site. So we've got a lot of cool stuff going on at buffalorumblings.com. Even if it is the offseason, we are still pumping out articles every single day. So make sure you're checking us out over at buffalorumblings.com. That's going to do it for this week's episode. Remember, next week's episode is an Ask Me Anything special edition episode. So get your questions in on any topic that's not about the Buffalo Bills. You can ask things about the blog. You can ask things about uh, life in general. I'll be willing to answer pretty much anything. That's why it's called an Ask Me Anything. So get those questions in for that. Uh, all the normal routes, 716-508-0405. You can text or call and leave a voicemail. You can email us, buffalorumblings at sbnation.com. You can tweet us at rumblingsqa. Send us Facebook or Instagram messages. Leave comments in the comment section over at buffalorumblings.com. And I'll post an AMA over at buffalorumblings.com probably next Monday, uh, where you can drop just comments in the comment section there as well. So all of that stuff is 
is happening right now. And then after that, we'll be doing a Facebook Live to kick off the month of July at 9 p.m. on Monday, July 6th. So set your alarm, set a calendar update so that you can join us over on Facebook Live on July 6th to ask your questions of me live um, on Facebook. Go Bills! Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.